Well, I was getting ready and <laughs> getting ready. I, I got a phone call yesterday that pastor was not well enough to come in. Um, well, I was praying and getting ready to come in today to, to share a word. One of the things that stood out to me was uh, careless words. You know, sometimes the things that we speak that uh, are meaningless or, or unknowingly hurtful, uh, those, things that are, those are things that carry. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with uh, Matthew 12:36 says, "But I tell you that every, everyone will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken." In the New Living Translation, it says every idle word. Now, Jesus spoke clearly about idle words, um, yet whatever he warned us with, uh, it usually goes unheeded. Jesus said, for every idle word, there will be a time of accounting on the day of judgment. You know, we would expect Jesus to condemn Profane words or vile uses of tongue, but idle words? How, I mean, what are idle words? Idle words are things that, that we say carelessly without concern for the impact on others. And, and you know, we, we often assume that, our, that the sins of our tongue are minor sins. Um, you know, sins that maybe God might overlook. But in the eyes of the Lord, sin is sin. You know, uh, and <clears throat> when, I, when I was growing up, I, I used to use the little phrase, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. And that is the biggest lie I've ever said. Amen. Um, a, a lot of the things that I dealt with growing up were because of careless words that were said, whether it was from a parent or a friend or a oh, friend, right? Or, or a, a classmate or... You know, even when you go into a store sometimes, some of the things they say, they, they, they embed in your spirit. And they, they hold, they carry weight. It's a chain sometimes that you don't realize is there until something else sparks that in you and you understand that you need to be set free from it. There were some words spoken to me when I was younger that is probably the reason why until recently I would never go up here. I, I was one that never, <laughs> I would not be in front of people. I did not like talking to people. I stayed in my room and didn't even talk to my family. And when they knocked on my door, I considered going out the window. <laughs> okay? Uh, I thought I was funnier. Come on, guys. <laughs> <laughs> This, this side laughs more, I'm going to stay. <laughs> you know, words, words are so powerful. And once you send them out, they stay in the atmosphere. They don't stop. A lot of the things that I had to deal with was be, because of words that were said to me. And at the moment, yeah, you laugh it off or whatever. Then you get older, and then you have kids. And 
Somebody, somebody might say something similar to your kid, and it just feels different. And I know I'm supposed to preach Jesus, but I can make them meet when they get me mad enough, you know what I mean? So um, I have to check my attitude with that. <laughs> uh, apparently the phone doesn't work, because I just, nothing of that is in here. <laughs> so it's not, a, it's not a paper thing or a phone thing, it's a me thing. Um, Now, Jesus was fully aware of the devastating nature of our words, for the idle words that come out of our mouth give a clear picture of the condition of our heart. Let's think about that statement for a minute. What comes out of our mouth is a clear depiction of what's in our heart. What are you saying? What are you putting out there? What, what is the Jesus that you're portraying? What, what's in your heart? Are you showing love and gratitude and blessing people when you speak? Or are you saying things that unknowingly could be hurtful or knowingly can be hurtful, can bring somebody to a place where... See, the, the thing is that I, I talk to a lot of people now. I don't know what everybody's going through. And when I don't know what everybody's going through, it's important that I check my words if I don't know what Joe's going through and I say something to him that to me might be funny, but it, it, could, it could really hurt him and impact him the wrong way. Is that something that I want to live with? If, if I were to write down on paper all of the things that I'm willing to say after reading it, would I be willing to sign it and say, yeah, that was me? That's, that's where we need to get. We need to understand that our words are so important that we need to think about what we say before we say it. We're not going to take my word for it. I'm going to give you some scriptures to back this up. Amen? All right. Matt, remember when I gave you scriptures before? <laughs> um, can you put up Matthew 15, 17 to 18? says, don't you see what it, that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and then out of the body? But the things that come out of the person's mouth come from the heart, and these defile them. In Luke 6.45, it says, a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks whatever, uh, the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. What are you full of today? I want to be full of blessing. You know, I want to be full of love. I want to be full of encouragement. I want to be able to, when you guys leave here today, I want to be able to go home confidently that I did not say anything to hurt anybody here. But if anything, if nothing else, to help encourage you to go home and be a blessing to others. And I say be a, blessing, be a blessing in your house. Be a blessing to your family. You know, be a blessing to the person at the, at, at the checkout that takes forever to get through. <laughs> you, know? you know? Omar, I didn't bring any fruits today. <laughs> I just had to sidetrack that. 
<laughs> my first thought was, cool, if Omar's here, I could put a watermelon in a sledgehammer and tell him to sit up front. <laughs> you know, in Proverbs, it encourages us to speak less rather than to say something offensive. Let me put this in Carlos' terms. It's better to keep your mouth shut than to say something that you shouldn't be saying. Okay, Proverbs 17, 28 says, Even fools are thought wise if they keep silent and discerning if they hold their tongues. You know, sometimes we have nothing significant to say and we're tempted to speak idle words. And the problem with that is when, when we start to speak idle chatter, we could say things that are harmful without knowing. We can say things that are harmful meaninglessly. I know even as a dad, I, I've, I've jokingly with my kids, I've said things that, that um, may have hurt them. And not intentionally, but you know, kid, kids go through stuff in school too. And while they're not always upfront and honest with you and open about everything, um, sometimes I need to work on it and all my kids are different, but sometimes I need to pry it out of them what they're going through. My words sometimes have hurt them. Not because I wanted to, I would never want to hurt my kids. My, my, my job as a dad is to help encourage them to be greater, to move on to be better and bigger and be a blessing to others. But how am I teaching that if I accidentally say something that I shouldn't? Same goes with my marriage. I've done the same thing to my wife. We've been together a lot of years. If I say a number and I'm wrong, <laughs> over 28 years together. Amen. And she will tell you that it's not always been beautiful. We've had our challenges. We've had our, our, our times where we liked each other more when we didn't see each other. <laughs> Let's just put it like that. Um, but even through those times, we we might say something to each other that we didn't mean or we meant in the moment. And you know, sometimes the moment isn't the best time to speak. <laughs> you know, she's not in the room, right? <laughs> Great, we can keep talking about her. <laughs> you know, we, we, when we got to this church, um, April 30th, 2006, I got saved. That was my rebirth day. And why do I remember that so significantly? Because that's the day that started to change everything. That's the day that Liz and I were in a position, we were in a place where we didn't want to be together anymore. It would have been easier to part ways. God had another plan. We came to church as a last resort. This was the all or nothing, either you make it or it's done. And, you know, in the car ride, and I'm pretty sure I've shared this before, on the car ride here, it's, uh, yeah, whatever. God, if you're real, show up. Well, ha, ha. 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but a lot of the issues we had, a lot of the counseling that we needed to go through was because of idle words. Harsh words were, you know, those are easy to, to decipher. You know, when, when you just get in someone's face and you're straight out rude with them and, and you tell them directly how horrible they want you think they are, um, which that's a different sermon. That says more about you than about them, but we'll get into that another day. <laughs> um, a lot of our issues weren't because of those moments. It was because of the idle things that we would say to each other. It was about those little things that while we were just trying to do marriage and get by in marriage, we would say things and not really care how the other one felt. I thank God for my wife. I thank God for touching our relationship and taking us somewhere we never even imagined it can go. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. That didn't come without repentance, without, you know, the word tells us to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That didn't come without changing my thinking. Okay? And while she's not in the room, I'm not going to say she was always at fault. But I am going to say that um, I played a huge part in our relationship going bad. Okay? Um, I, I, don't, I don't sugarcoat that. I don't, I don't try to put, play it off as, uh, no, she was bad and I, I wasn't. She had her moments, but I had a lot more. That just means I had to repent a lot more <laughs> for the things I said idly. You know, I, you know, apologizing for the bad, th for the, the, the harsh words, that was okay. That was, I, I knew obviously which ones I did. It's the ones that were embedded in her spirit that I didn't realize I put there. I didn't realize that she was going through because of past hurts from her childhood. Those are the ones that I had to really, you know, not just repent and, and, and apologize for me, but for her and help bring healing to it. You know, we, we, need, to, we need to realize that, that if we are to be co-heirs with Christ and we are to be ambassadors of the kingdom and, we're, and we are to be examples in our families and our households, we need to start by changing us to be the example. Amen. You know, amen, thank you. You know, the, the word doesn't tell us be like Christians. It says be like Christ. Yes. And, you know, there, there are a lot of uh, non-Christians that I know that they don't read their Bible. They read me. Yes. Think about that for a second. See, they, they I have a lot of friends that if any of you have me on Facebook, you, you, you'll see. I, I always post stuff that's encouraging. Why? Because I have friends that are not saved, and I want to encourage them. Amen. I will make a public announcement here and say that because of Facebook, 
to the day it's about seven of my friends got saved. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> but a lot, of the, a lot of what I used to do had to change. A lot of the things I used to post had to change. A lot of me had to change. So now this, when I post scriptures, I had, I had one friend tell me, why are you always posting scriptures? I said, because I believe them. Because I stand on them. And when you trust and believe in God's word, he will change you. Yes. Amen. Yes. All right, I'm going to attempt to go back to my notes. You know, James cautioned us in James 1.19. He said we need to be, really, Jackie, where's my daughter? She just texted me. <laughs> she said, I love you, papi. I wish I could put it up there. So when she hears this, I'm going to say, esa nena linda de papi, because she loves when I say that. It's like, ooh, and I pinch her cheeks. <clears throat> Sorry. So what I was saying is James cautioned us, cautioned us in James 1.19. He said we're to, we're to be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Why did he say that and why in that order? We need to listen sometimes to what's not being said. You know, even when you're in conversation, we need to listen sometimes to what's not being said. Sometimes people talk out of their anger. Sometimes people talk out of frustration. Sometimes they talk out of their hurt. Sometimes they talk because it's their defense. They've been hurt so many times in the past, it's easier to just take defense mode and not let, it, not let anybody even get close enough to hurt them. So... We're to be quick to listen. Listen to, listen to what's not being said. Then he says, we need to be slow to speak. Think about your words. What are you, what are you responding with? What are you showing? What is in your heart that you're going to impart to that person? You know, the word tells us in another scripture, blessings and cursings come out of the tongue. What are you imparting in that person when you speak? And the slow to become angry is because sometimes even when you take your time to speak and you say what's right, it doesn't mean it will always be received. But again, we don't know the hurts that someone's going through. So when they respond back, don't let it get you angry. You need to be an example of Christ. We're in less danger of saying something offensive when we are listening than when we are speaking. Think carefully about the words that come from your mouth. We should speak only words that uplift, bring grace, and encourage others and ourselves. I'm going to pause there for a second. And ourselves. Why, why and ourselves? 
Time to go back to my personal stuff. <laughs> How many times have I looked in the mirror and that guy wasn't good enough and that guy was expected to fail and this is what I expected because this is what I'm used to and you'll never amount to anything so just deal with what you have. What was I saying to myself? What words, were, what words was I letting speak to my own spirit? Am I the only one that's ever done that? You need to learn to be an encouragement to yourself. How do you do that? Get in the word. That's just the first portion. Get in the word. Understand the author of the word. Get to know the author of the word. Get to know God. Build your relationship with him so that when you go to the word and you believe it and you trust it, it will change how you look at yourself too. And the Bible is either you believe it in its entirety or you don't. There's no happy medium. There's no, you can order one online that has some scriptures. You believe it in its entirety. And I left my phone, like, so I'm going to pretend I'm going back to notes. <laughs> you guys are really quiet. Are you getting anything today? Or? Yeah. Amen. Amen. <laughs> I'm sorry? Yes. Amen. See me after. <laughs> <I'm just laughs> Look, guys, it's, it's awesome to joke around and, and, and have fun while you're up here. But if nothing else, I want you to get, you, I want you to get this. Your words are important even when you speak them to yourself, especially when you speak them to yourself. I heard so many bad things about me growing up that I started to repeat them. I believed them so much that I would repeat them to myself when I looked in the mirror. And the difficulties that that brings to try to get out of that. Now, I don't stand up here to hear applause or hear you guys get excited and encouraged. That's great. That's great for me for my, yay, he's doing okay. I want to hear chains falling off of your life. Amen. That's what this is about. This is about whatever struggle, whatever stronghold has you that is being broken off of your life. Ephesians 4.29 says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building up others according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. We're supposed to be quick to listen, right? Those that are listening. It doesn't say for the one that's saying it. It doesn't say, um, let me build you up for my sake. It says, let me help build you up for you. So what, what, what am I saying with that? Do, do I need to speak less? 
maybe. I think I'm a funny guy. <laughs> Sometimes I'm the only one. <laughs> and Erica. <laughs> we do need to be more careful about what we say. We need to be more careful about the humor. You know, sometimes our sense of humor, we can joke around about something that is hurtful to someone else. You know, what, what we say in those joking moments, again, I don't know everything about everyone I speak to. <laughs> I don't want to go home thinking that I said something that hurt someone or put them in a place where they were trying to get out of. That is, that is not my purpose. My purpose is to help build each and every one up starting with me, and I hope that doesn't sound selfish, but I cannot help anyone else if I'm stumbling through the same thing. So what are you telling yourself when you look in the mirror? Proverbs 16.24 says, Gracious words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. Words can be healing. You know, since I moved to Florida, I've had nine surgeries since 2000, since 2000. I've had nine surgeries. I think a lot of them might have been because I was like, yeah, well, that was expected. It's just where I was. You start to go through stuff so much that you just expect it to happen and you deal with it. Had I known back then what I know now about the Word of God, I, I'm pretty confident there would have been a different result there. I would have stood on His Word for my healing. I still stand on His Word for my healing. Some of those surgeries were fails. And I had a surgery in 2015 for my lower back. And for those of you that were here back then, um, <clears throat> I was out for some time. And then I started coming to church with a walker because the doctor said, oh, you need another surgery before you can get out of bed. So I started coming to church with a walker. And to be silly and be funny, I put a little bicycle bell on my walker in case I was going to speed by you. <laughs> because I had to try to encourage myself. And after a bunch of visits to the doctor uh, with a walker, he said, yeah, um, you're still going to need a surgery, but the walker is, uh, is going to be your, your best friend, maybe forever. So I upgraded to a cane. Because you know, I, I hear what the doctor's saying, but I'm not listening to what he's saying. <laughs> okay? And that's another sermon. <laughs> There's a big difference between hearing something and listening. Okay? I, can, I can hear noise. Okay? But I'm going to listen to the word of God. So after a bunch of visits to the doctor with the cane, my hand got tired, so. That's me jumping. 
<laughs> why, why, why do I share that with you, though? To say, hey, look at Carlos. He, no, not at all. I want you to see God through this. I want you to see Jesus through all of this. I want you to see what standing on faith, standing on the word of God does. So I'm going to challenge you with something today. Ask the Holy Spirit to evaluate whether your words are building others up or they're destroying others. Or are they destroying you? I've taken, I've done this challenge for myself and it's amazing how many times I was hurting myself unknowingly. So I challenge you today. I said it before, but here's a little homework for you. When you have thoughts about yourself, write it down and then read it. And when you look at it after you, after you, you wrote it down and you read it, is it something that you're willing to sign off and say, yeah, that's me, I agree. When I've done that challenge, not once have I wanted to sign it. Before we close here today, and it's, I'm not saying that because we're getting ready to close now, you know, another few minutes, I'm sure. Um, I, I want you to, to understand what I'm saying to you today. If there are any hurts that you're dealing with, if there are any hurts that are you're dealing with from your childhood, from your past, from your relationships, your relationship with yourself, the Word of God has the answer for you. The Word of God will bring healing. I, I pause and I hesitate because I say that and my mind goes a thousand miles a second saying, wow, you remember when you thought this about yourself? And there are things that while I understand what the Word of God says and I firmly believe what it says and I stand on it and I speak it over myself and I speak it over my children, doesn't mean I've arrived. You know, there are moments that I get weak and there are moments where something I hear will trigger a past hurt and it'll come to the surface unknowingly. I, I didn't realize it was there. And I have, to, I have to submit that to God. I cannot stand here telling you that I believe that I no longer need a cane or a walker and I'm healed because I believe that part of the word. But he's going to leave me broken inside. That's not the God that I serve. That, that's not the God that I believe um, wants me whole. You know, everybody that Jesus preached to, he healed. Okay? Everybody that Jesus encountered, and, you know, it's all over the Bible, front, front to back. And, uh, Another sermon would be uh, where Bible is in the, uh, where Jesus is in the Old Testament. He's there. 
Everyone that encountered Jesus got healed. There are a few instances where people were made whole, like the leper and the woman with the issue of, right? Why were they made whole? Because they pressed into God. He'll touch you and heal you. But when you press in to touch him, you're made whole. May I give the Lord a hand. Amen. See, I, I don't want to be known as Carlos with the issue. I want to be known as Carlos that pressed in. Amen. 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 Thank you. Praise God. I'm going to ask uh, Jan and a couple of the prayer team to come up front and as we get ready to open the altar for prayer. And uh, I'm going to ask you to stand with me now. Before I open up the altar for anybody that needs prayer to come up front for prayer, the single most important part of any service is to know whether or not you know Jesus in your life. Now the word tells us, draw near to him and he'll draw near to you. So I'm going to ask you now, with every eye closed, if you've never asked Jesus into your heart, if you've never accepted him, if you've accepted him and walked away, but you want to receive him today, raise your hand. Amen. Now, Father, I thank you for each and every one here. I thank you, Lord, for your word today, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that your word did not fall upon deaf ears. I ask you to bless each and every one here, Lord, as we depart from here. We know that you do not depart from our side. I ask that you bless each and every one here, Lord. Speak blessing over their life right now in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to open the altar. If anybody needs prayer, please come up front. and We will pray with you. We'd love to pray with you. Tom is having his connect group today after service, right? So if you're here for Tom's connect group, don't forget to stay. Before you go, I'm going to ask you to bless half a dozen people before you leave this room. There are hurting people. I'm one of them. Bless half a dozen people. Give them a hug. Give them a high five. Tell them you appreciate them. Show some of Jesus' love on them. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys.